It is some good stuff, church. Uh, I like that song. I like when I don't have to be the lead. Did you see how high those notes were, Rodney? Is that why you were helping the bass out? So, I like that. Morning, church. It's good to see everyone. We've got some visitors with us today. If you're looking for a church home, we want to encourage you to make this church your home. We, uh, we're usually a little larger than this. We've got a bunch of our young people that are at mid-session of Camp Deer Run, which means we have a bunch of parents that are at mid-session of Camp Deer Run. So uh, we do have a bunch of folks gone today to uh, Camp Deer Run. And uh, I heard we're going to have some baptisms, possibly, from some young people uh, at this congregation. So just, I'm not giving you any names, just pray that the uh, Lord continues to move in great ways through the staff at Camp Deer Run and what's happening at Camp Deer Run, everything at Camp Deer Run. It's a, it's a great place to be, a great place for people to find God and, and uh, just be praying for Camp Deer Run. We're trying to cut back on announcements, so we're going to keep giving you announcements about announcements, so we're whittling down. Um, I want to tell you that um, <clears throat> just because there's people that say, how come I never get a call? How come, how come, how come? Well, there's a member information sheet that we ask our members to fill out. And when you move and we don't know it, we don't know where you are. And when you change your phone number and you don't tell us, we, we don't know how to contact you. So we have made available some of our member information sheets on the uh, in the foyer on the desk back there. So if you need to update information, some of y'all don't even exist. Which is why you didn't say anything just now. Um, birthdays. How come I never get a birthday card? Because we don't know when your birthday is. So if you would just take a member information sheet and fill that out, and uh, there's information down there, and there's boxes. Yes, my email address can be shared. No, my email address. If you don't want your information shared, just put on there, don't share outside of um, church office. But help us out and let us know who you are, where you are. You don't have to necessarily be a member to fill out a form. If you just want to know what's going on and want to be informed, then uh, fill out an information sheet. We'd love to uh, send you stuff. We continue our sermon series on One Step Away. We've got this Sunday and next Sunday. Got a guest speaker tonight. Rodney will be speaking tonight. The next three Sundays we will be here. Rodney's preaching tonight. I'm preaching the next week. And uh, three weeks away is another night that we're here that I can't think of. <clears throat> But we're, uh, we're in a series called One Step Away, and our text is Matthew chapter 14. It's a familiar text. It's the time that Jesus puts the disciples in a boat, and He sends them out into the water, and a great storm comes up, and they're struggling, and they're straining at the oars, and they're going nowhere. And Jesus comes to them on the water, and they're terrified. They've cried out in fear, and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, you tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, Come. And Peter is one step away. He's one step away from the journey of a lifetime. One step away from trusting in God. One step away. Now you need to understand that water walking is not something that you do. We're called to trust in God. That's what it means to walk on water. That's what it means to take that step. We're called to trust in God. And when we trust in God, God enables us to walk on water and do some amazing things. If everything that you're doing in your life right now, you can do without God, then you're not walking on water. 
You're walking on land. If everything that you do right now, you're depending on your abilities and your good deeds and, and your smarts and everything about you, then you're not using God in any way whatsoever. The only way Peter could walk on water is to trust in God and take that one step and get out of the boat. And he did something that no other human being outside of Jesus had ever done. Some of the greatest words in Scripture, Peter walked on water. Peter walked towards Jesus. And so we're talking about what that means. We're talking about how we take that one step. We're talking about how to get out of the boat. Today we're going to focus on what keeps us in the boat. But Jesus calls us to trust in Him. Jesus calls us to trust in God. Listen, folks, you'll never find solid ground in your life. Until you walk on water with Jesus. You'll never find solid ground in your life until you put your trust and your hope and your faith in God. And then you'll walk on water. And your life will be as safe as it's ever been. It will be as secure as it's ever been. It will be as strong as it's ever been if you just take that one step. It's a step of trust. It's a step of faith. And many people never take that step because they trust in their abilities. Many people are going to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, look at what I did, my abilities. Many churches never take that step of faith and they just trust in what they've always done. Folks, you're one step away from changing your life today. Some of you are one step away from being baptized, one step away from forgiveness, one step away from a better marriage, one step away from being better parents, one step away from a new job, one step away from, I don't know what it is, one step away. And the key to taking that one step is to trust in God. Are you willing to take that one step and quit holding on to the boat in the comfort of the boat? And the comfort of all your abilities. Are you ready to take that one step for the journey of a lifetime? Many people never take that step. Many churches never take that step. And probably the main reason, we're just going to focus on one word today. The main reason folks never take that step is because of one word. Fear. Fear. Fear is why some of you don't. Get on airplanes. Fear's why some of you don't jump out of airplanes. Fear's why some of you don't go on roller coasters. Fear's why some people don't play the Dallas Cowboys. No, wait, that's not it. That can't be right. How'd that get in there? Fear is why you don't drive 120 miles an hour. Fear's why some of you don't eat sushi. Fear is why we don't do a lot of things. Fear is why churches don't do a lot of things. They're afraid of the people. They're afraid of the response. They're afraid of the risk. They're afraid of all kinds of stuff. The number one reason people don't get out of the boat is fear. Which is why maybe the most often used command in the Bible is fear not. It's not a suggestion. It's not if you feel like it. We are commanded, do not fear. Lloyd Ogilvie says there's 366 fear knots in the Bible, one for every day. Just research the fear knots. It's like Rick said, you can go online and you can Google fear not. You can go to Bible Gateway, just Google fear not and see how many fear knots you find. 
Fear is the number one reason folks don't get out of the boat. Sometimes we're afraid of the storm. Aren't you afraid of storms? You're sitting at home and you're watching TV. You notice the weather outside is changing. The, 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 the trees start blowing. The wind is, is picking up and you start hearing some rumblings. And about that time, the weatherman comes on and says, Hey, there's a tornado two miles south of town. You need to take cover. And fear seizes you. What am I going to do? And where am I going to go? And what about my kids? And what am I going to take with me? Storms cause fear and fear causes us to focus on the storms. It's the same way in this story. The disciples were straining at the oars. They were struggling. They were in the midst of the storm. For all they knew, they were going to die. And in the midst of the storm, Jesus shows up. The last person they're looking for is any person walking on water. And Jesus shows up and they cried out in fear. It's a ghost. They didn't know who it was. They were afraid. And Jesus says, take courage It is I. Don't be afraid. Why we would be afraid in the presence of God, I don't know. But all the way through the Bible, in the presence of God, people were still afraid. Jesus says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Sometimes we just have to hear those storm words. Cancer causes fear. Someone calls death causes fear. Those storm words, divorce, you're fired. Those storm words cause fear. Fear's what keeps us from getting out of the boat. Fear's what's keep, what keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. John Ortberg writes, I think God says fear not so often because fear's the number one reason human beings are tempted to avoid doing what God asks them to do. Jesus says, Peter, come to me out of that boat. Don't you reckon he was afraid? He was probably scared to death. Faith says, get out of the boat. Fear says, I'm not going anywhere. Fear says, let's just stay right where we are. Fear says, let's hold on to this boat. Fear says, let's let's clutch to this boat. Fear whispers, if you get out of this boat, it's not safe. Fear whispers, if you get out of this boat, you're going to fail. Fear whispers, if you get out of this boat, you're going to sink. Fear whispers, if you get out of this boat, there's no way God is powerful enough to save you. Sometimes we're afraid of the storms. And fear causes us to be afraid of those storms. Listen, folks, fear is not always a bad thing. When I was growing up, there's a lot of things I didn't do because I was afraid I would get caught. And afraid my parents would find out. Fear often warns us of danger. Fear is not always a bad thing until fear challenges us and keeps us from doing what God calls us to do. When God says, I want you to come, I want you to take that one step, I want you to get out of the boat, whatever it is God calls you to do, fear says don't do it and that's a bad thing. So walking on water begins with focusing on Jesus. The last person they were looking for was Jesus. And then when they saw Jesus, they didn't expect Jesus. They were afraid. Jesus called Peter to walk on water... In the midst of the storm. I mean, why can't Jesus call me when things are going great? Probably because he knows I'm not going to listen. Jesus called Peter in the midst of the storm. He says, I want you to come to me in the midst of the storm. I want you to walk towards me. I want you to walk with me in the midst of the storm. And yet fear tells us don't do that. 
Listen, folks, fear causes us to focus on the wrong things. This last Friday, I went in for my, for my wedding haircut because Spencer's getting married in a couple of weeks. You can't get a haircut the day before because then you'll look stupid, right? So I went in for my wedding haircut. How do I look? Thank you. Great. $20 goes a lot of ways, long ways. So I'm talking to the gal that cuts my hair, and she's, hey, how you doing? And she remembered the wedding, how's things going? I said, hey, how are things going in your life? She said, well, I'm glad you asked, because there's a lot of bad stuff happening. And she proceeded to tell me about some storms in her life, but she said, you know what? I've decided not to focus on those struggles. I've decided just to ask God, what are you wanting me to learn from this? Great theology from a hairstylist at Sport Clips. You can focus on the storm or you can focus on God. Reminds me of the story of David and Goliath. We've referred to that. In the story of David and Goliath, the Israelites were focused on the giant. David was focused on God. The Israelites were focused on the storm. David was focused on God. The Israelites were focused on what that giant was about to do to them. David was focused on what God was about to do for them. Folks, you can be focused on the storm or you can be... Focused on God. Fear causes you to be focused on the storms. You can go through life straining at the oars and struggling and going nowhere and wonder, how come I'm going nowhere? Because you're focused on what you can do to get out of that storm. Or you can focus on Jesus. You know, if you take that one step, if you get out of that boat, what could you possibly hold on to? Jesus. You're one step away from holding on to Jesus. But as individuals, that's one thing, to have storms. But you know, the number one reason churches don't get out of the boat, because of fear. Sometimes it's a fear of a storm that might come about. All you have to do is mention the word change, and fear seizes people. People say, let's keep the peace, let's not rock the boat, let's not change anything, let's just keep doing what we've always been doing. You know what you do if you keep doing what you've always been doing? I don't know if you can see this. When you get to the fork in the road, you can take one step and get out of the boat, or you can be afraid and say, no, let's just keep doing what we're always doing. And if you keep doing what you're always doing, you just keep going around in a circle. And you get back to, hey, maybe I need to step out of the boat. Nah, I think I'll just keep doing what I'm always doing. Hey, maybe God's calling the church to step out of the boat. Nah, why don't we just keep doing what we've always been doing? And fear seizes us. Well, if we step out of the boat, some people are going to fuss. And some people are going to cry. And some people are going to raise a storm. So let's don't do that. Let's just try to please everybody. That will create a storm. Folks, it doesn't matter what we do around here. Someone's not going to like it. And someone's going to fuss. And someone's going to cry. And someone's going to run to the elders. You want to know how you stop that? (laughs) that's what I said you stop listening to the fussers and the grippers and you tell them I'm not going to tolerate that kind of stuff anymore or you could just quote scripture You can't go wrong with Scripture that says, Do not listen to foolish and stupid arguments. 
I'm just quoting Scripture. Folks, we can keep doing the same thing we've always been doing. You know what? We'll get the same results. came across an article by Tim Spivey about leaving home. He says, there's some people who never leave their hometown. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've never got out of your hometown boat. Some of y'all have never left the state. Some of y'all have never a lot of things. There are some people who never leave their hometown. They see no need to. Ironically, they see no need to because they've never left their hometown. If they were to do so, they might see oceans and mountains and forests and sites and canyons that would take their breath away. Instead, they're content to experience never-ending sameness. I just like what we're doing. Can we just keep doing the same thing? I'm content with that. They've never seen what taking a step out of the boat can lead to individually. They've never seen what it can lead to as a church. Spivey continues, it's good to be thankful for one's home. It's another to never leave it. Only those who've left home before know what it's like to say genuinely, there's no place like home. Those who stay home and never leave it don't have a home. They have a home-sized world. Home-sized ministry worlds feel safe and adequate, but are limiting. There's a whole big ministry world out there. Maybe it's time you explore it. Hmm. Why do we need to try something new? Our home's just fine the way it is. Why do I need to try something new? My home's fine the way it is. This boat's good. This boat's fine. This boat's got me through a lot of storms. Can't we just stay in this boat? And because of fear, some churches never take that one step of faith and try new ministries and branch out and do new things. Rodney told me about this song by Dan Fogelberg because he knew I liked Dan Fogelberg. It's called The Higher You Climb. The higher you climb, the more that you see. The more that you see, the less that you know. The less that you know, the more that you yearn. The more that you yearn, the higher you climb. One step away from climbing higher. But some people don't do that and some churches don't do that. Listen, folks, when God called people in the Bible, the one thing that always held them back was fear. You just read through the Bible and when God called somebody, Noah... Moses, Abraham, Esther, Daniel, fear. When God calls to get out of the boat, fear is going to seize you. But faith says, I'm going to take that one step. Why? Because God called me out of the boat and I trust God. And if God calls you, calls you as an individual out of the boat, you need to take that one step. And if God calls His church out of the boat, we need to take that one step. We need to get out of the boat. So let me give you some challenges today. Let's get some specifics, okay? So how do we get out of the boat? Christy, we've talked about getting out of the boat. We've kind of been vague about getting out of the boat. I'm going to challenge you to get out of the boat in a couple of ways, okay? So let me show you a picture. Can you see this picture? Throw the lights for me just for a second, Alan. Um, Just so you can see the people in this picture. This is a group of our church members that help with FX. So when school starts in September, the first Sunday of each month, Brian has all the kids together and we've got a group of people that, a drama group that entertain the kids and teach the kids Bible lesson. You identify the folks there, but I want you to notice right there in the middle, right smack dab in the middle is Ken Hounsel. 
Of all people that I thought would help over there, Ken Hounsell would have never made my list. And Ken Hounsell took one step and he told Brian, I'll help you once. And the kids loved him. Mr. Ken, you've got to come back. And look at him. That's your veterinarian right there. <laughs> Ken Hounsell. Look at how he's dressed. You've got to be kidding me. Challenge number one for you today, to take one step away, to get out of the boat. Get out of your comfort zone. Look at these people. Those are good, church-going, faithful adults that went over the children's section and just lost it all. <laughs> but they got out of their comfort zone so that they could teach our kids. Get out of your comfort zone. Take one little step every day. Sit somewhere different in the auditorium. Meet some people you've never met. You know why we went back to one service instead of two? Because I want to see everybody. I don't get that. You sit in the same place every Sunday. You ask me, is so-and-so a church member here? I never knew that. Sit somewhere different. Get out of your comfort zone. Read a different version of the Bible. Go to a different class. Teach a class. Go on a mission trip. We've got people, you've heard me say, that go on mission trips that blow me away. I would have never guessed they would go on mission trips. Get out of your comfort zone. That's how you get out of the boat. Maybe you need to do something different. Listen, folks, during my 16 years here, there's one comment that keeps coming up for 16 years. When you talk about Pine Tree, when you talk about the church here, when you talk about everything about us, it constantly comes up. Pine Tree members have gotten too comfortable. Well, I don't want to go to two services. It's not comfortable. I don't want to sit somewhere else. It's not comfortable. I don't want to serve on such and such team. It's not comfortable. I don't want to teach a class. It's not comfortable. I don't want to because it's not comfortable. I don't want to. We've gotten too comfortable. You know how you get out of the boat? Get out of your comfort zone. That's what it means to get out of the boat. Researchers at the University of California at Berkeley did an experiment some time ago that involved introducing an amoeba into a perfectly stress-free environment. I don't know what that would be for an amoeba. Ideal temperature, optimal concentration of moisture, constant food supply. The amoeba had an environment to which it had to make no adjustment whatsoever. So you would guess that 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 was one happy little amoeba. Whatever it is that gives amoebas ulcers and high blood pressure was gone. You want to know what happened to that amoeba? It died. Because it was a perfect environment, a perfectly comfortable environment. And sometimes comfort kills you as an individual. And sometimes comfort kills churches. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. I know it's not easy to do some of the things that God calls us to do. Get out of your comfort zone. One step, a little bit each day. Listen, folks, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you'd be comfortable. He died on the cross so you'd be saved. And He wants other people to be saved. As long as we keep doing what we've always done, we're going to keep getting the same results. Are you happy with those results? 
Are you content with the numbers we have here in this building? Got a lot of empty seats. Are you content with the number of people that are being baptized? Are you content with the numbers we have on people going on mission trip? Richie, it's not about numbers. If you just said, Richie, it's not about numbers, you told me you're interested in your comfort. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Yeah, I'm kind of comfortable right where I am. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well... I like being a church of 400. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Richie, it's not about numbers. Then what is it about? Your comfort? Get out of the boat and get out of your comfort zone. There's people that need the Lord. Challenge number two. Let me challenge you to get on board with small groups because we've gotten comfortable with small groups. I told you Rodney's going to be preaching about small groups. Rodney's fixing to go to another seminar about small groups. He's fixing to take us to another level on small groups. We've just barely tapped into small groups. Some of y'all haven't been in a small group in a while. Can I encourage you to get in a small group? Just get in a small group for a month. Get in a small group from September to December. Just try a small group. Well, I'm not comfortable going to small groups. Get out of your comfort zone. Some of y'all need to change small groups. Some of y'all need to allow the people in your group to change small groups. Get out of your comfort zone. Some of our small groups need to do some service projects. Some of our small groups need to reach out. Some of our small groups just need to call the people in your small group that haven't been there in months. Get on board with small groups. You want to grow this church? Get out of your comfort zone. Let's buy into small groups and let's grow this church because small groups will do it. I don't know how some people can go through life without a small group. I, I, I don't know how you do it. Listen, folks, we give small groups so much flexibility. We say, do whatever you want, just meet. Some of our groups don't meet. Some of our groups don't want to meet. Some of our groups just want to eat. And some of our groups eat every time. Some of our groups do Bible study and then they eat. And some of our groups eat and do Bible study and then they eat. And some of our groups do all kinds of stuff. And some of our groups do whatever you want. Folks, we got to have small groups. Challenge number three. How do we get out of the boat? I think we need to take advantage of some productive time slots. So you're going to hear me fuss for a minute about your fussing. Well, Richie, we need to meet up here on Sunday nights for worship. I'm waiting for the people who have fussed about Sunday night worship to show up for Sunday night worship. If you're going to fuss about it, you ought to support it. I'm all for Sunday nights. I love Sunday nights. But you know what? If we decide to do small groups, which we do from September to May, and sometimes we do all year round, whatever the leadership says, how about we support what the leadership says? We still come up here once a month for fellowship, singing, food. You do know you can get to heaven and not be in a church building now, that's funny. I don't care who you are. You don't have to be in a church building to get to heaven. But folks, you've heard me say this. Let's get out of the boat. How about on Sunday nights? 
We do small groups. How about on Sunday nights? You remember when we did Monday night for the master? How about we do Sunday night for the master? How about some small groups do some visitation? How about we go visit some people in hospitals? How about we visit some people that haven't been coming? How about we visit our visitors? How about we write our missionaries? How about we write our college students? How about we encourage some people that are down and out? How about we go canvas the neighborhood? How about we get out of this building boat and go show people Jesus? If your concern is we've got to be at the building, we've got to get out of that boat. Now listen, folks, if the leadership says this boat's going to meet tonight, I'll be here. I love it. I love any time we get together. I was drugged as a kid. My parents drugged me on Sunday morning, drugged me on Sunday night, drugged me to VBS. I was so glad when six-week revivals ended. I was drugged for six weeks. Whatever the leadership says, but folks, listen, we don't have to be at this building, but what we do have to do is get out of the boat and show people Jesus. They're not coming to the boat. Let's go show people Jesus. And if that's small groups on Sunday night, we'll do small groups. And if that's canvassing the neighborhood, we'll canvass the neighborhood. And if that's your small group doing a service project or going mowing somebody's yard or doing car care maintenance or whatever it is for our elderly, or if that's visitation or hospital or whatever, how about we get out of the boat and show people Jesus? we got to start getting out of the boat. we got to quit fussing and griping. Well, I want to do it this way. I want to do it this way. I've told you before that it doesn't matter what we do on Sunday night. Half of y'all aren't going to like it. Wow, that makes me want to be an elder never. Folks, how about we start supporting the leadership? How about we start showing people Jesus? Just some ways that we can get out of the boat. Listen, folks, Jesus is still calling people to get out of the boat. I really like the phrase here, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. It's the word phobos, the Greek word, we get the word phobia, don't have fear. But in the middle of this, take courage, it is I. Take courage, I am, is what Jesus says. Remember when God comes to Moses and says, hey, I want you to go to the Israelites and I want you to deliver them. And Moses says, hey, well, what do I tell them? Who do I tell them sent me? And God says, I am who I am. You tell them I am sent you. Jesus says, take courage. I am. They're in the presence of God. Why should they fear? Folks, when you take one step and get out of the boat, you're heading towards Jesus. Peter got out of the boat and he was heading towards Jesus. And he had no fear whatsoever as long as he was focused on Jesus. And then he noticed the wind and the waves and he was afraid. Folks, as long as you're focused on Jesus, you have no fear. Take courage in his eye. Jesus would say, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? I'm not discounting your fear. We all have fear. Fear is a good thing. Fear can be a bad thing. But folks, if fear is keeping you from following Jesus today, you need to have faith. Because Jesus is still calling people to get out of the boat. And Peter got out of the boat and he took that one step. So can I encourage you today to respond to the invitation of Jesus when he says, come. Folks, you can't live your life without Jesus. I don't know how you live your life without Jesus. You've got to take that one step that says, God, I trust in you. 
Jesus, I trust in you. That's the invitation we offer today. Will you put your trust and your hope and your faith in Jesus? If you need to respond to the invitation to be baptized for the remission of your sins, if you need to meet with our elders in the back and have them pray for you privately, I want to encourage you to do that as we stand and sing.